on this federal court of appeal ruling earlier today that's forestalled the uh, Kinder Morgan pipeline going forward. Although on the weekend, you know, the crews that uh, had broken ground on this sent out tweets and pictures showing that uh, it was all gung-ho. The project finally was getting underway. Uh, Not so fast, fellas. The court had something to say on the matter, and we know where we stand now. And it's caused great consternation in many precincts across the land. Of course, there's much joy on the left coast. you got Premier Horgan out there uh, talking about it being a great day. Elizabeth May, Ditto, and uh, certain Indigenous groups and environmentalists. Let's get Joe Oliver in here, the former Federal Minister of Finance and of Natural Resources, to gauge his reaction. Mr. Oliver, it's always a pleasure to have you on The Oakley Show. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, just fine in spite of this uh, rather bad news for the country. For the country. So uh, let's just flesh out your reaction. Uh, why do you say so? Well, look, we, uh, we're confronting now uh, the fact that Canada's uh, basically vast resources are landlocked and will be uh, for an uh, additional period of time. Uh, if it's not remedied, it's going to cost the country hundreds of billions of dollars, ultimately, in lost economic opportunity, tens of thousands of jobs, billions in foregone revenue to governments for critical social programs. Meanwhile, the harm is felt every day by ordinary Canadians across, across the country, even though many don't realize it yet. You know, the, the issue is most people, I, I don't think that's true in, in Alberta, uh, but uh, but in the rest of the country, most people don't always connect the dots between pipelines and emergency room lines and between resource development and, and support for, for human resources. Uh, the money that, that would come in as a result of, of the uh, development of our natural resources and their export uh, to overseas market uh, would make a huge difference to Canadian prosperity. Now, you say uh, it needs to be remedied, but this is what the court apparently ruled, that uh, the National Energy Board did not do its due diligence, and they had a responsibility to take into account, uh, you know, the killer whales at the terminal uh, in Burnaby, as well as Indigenous groups and other environmental concerns, and so and so they sent it back for a reconsideration. Would that be a remedy? Well, yes, it, it can be a remedy. The question is, how long will it take and, and how risky is it? I mean, the court had two concerns, as, as you pointed out. Uh, the first uh, related to uh, consultation with Aboriginal groups, even though many of them, uh, hundreds of them actually, uh, were on side and hundreds of millions of dollars that they were hoping to get from participating in this process is on hold. But but the the court said Canada is required to engage in considered meaningful two-way dialogue. And uh, the court concluded uh, that the government just listened and recorded concerns and sent them up to decision makers. So according to the court, uh, the government failed in engaging in a responsive, considered, meaningful dialogue. So... um, you know, the question is, when, when the government goes back and tries to reestablish that dialogue, um, you know, related to project impact and accommodation measures, which are the two issues that were, were, were considered critical by the court, um, how long will that process take and, and what will the result of it be? The court has not gone so far as to give Aboriginal groups the right of veto, but they certainly want the uh the their concerns to be respectfully considered and there to be a dialogue now there's some groups as we know that are in favor 
but others are unalterably opposed. And I'm not quite sure what kind of dialogue results um, from that. Is it a dialogue of the deaf? And how long does, does such a dialogue take? Uh, so that's one issue. The second issue uh, is the, the NEB, according to the court, uh, unjustifiably excluded project-related marine shipping from the definition of the project. Yeah, how could they have over... Uh, they, that's an oversight I can't believe that would have been made. I mean, wouldn't that be one of the first considerations? Well, I think they didn't consider it to be an oversight. They just didn't think that when you analyze a pipeline project, they thought you just analyze that project and the immediate um, and the immediate environmental consequences of, of building it and running it. Um, just like uh, most people didn't think you'd have to take a look at the GHG emissions downstream from a project, which is to say the emissions from transportation, from cars and trucks and, and airplanes. Oh. Who would have thought that, that, the, the, uh, the, that the National Energy Board would have to consider that? Well, now, according to this new uh, impact act, they will have to, which is why uh, the, the Trans-Canada um, Energy East project uh, was killed. So uh, I guess the, the NEB didn't think that marine impact was something they had to look at when they, when they examined uh, a pipeline. Well, the court said they, they were wrong, and now they're going to have to. And the concern there is that because, because uh, the, apparently the NEB already said that the project would have a severe adverse effect on the southern resident killer whale, but because they didn't include that in their consideration, they said the project wasn't going to likely have significant adverse environmental effects. Now, are they, if they have to consider uh, the, the killer whale, are they going to have to conclude that there's adverse environmental impact? And then what do they conclude about the whole project? So, yeah. I mean, there, there are issues that, I mean, it's kind of complex. and Well, overly and complex, it, perhaps. But it, let me ask it you. It is. Let me ask you, Joe Oliver is with us, the former Federal Minister of Finance and Natural Resources. Now, because uh, it seems like I recall something in the day where your government, and I think you might have been in charge of the file, uh, you wanted to guarantee that approvals were expedited of projects. Because Bill Morneau earlier today, the finance minister in the Liberal government, uh, said we inherited a flawed process for reviewing the project. Weren't you guys like one review and done per project? Wasn't that the uh, the idea under your... Well, it's it's under ours and it's under theirs because they repeated one review in a in a per project with a defined timeline. That's our basic principle, and that is in fact their principle. But you know, he's 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 frankly not telling the truth when he when he says he inherited a flawed process because on the on the environmental stuff, he was forewarned. Uh, about what the Supreme Court wanted, because when they, when when the courts looked at uh, the the Northern Gateway project, they found that consultation to be inadequate. Well, they moved they moved the goalposts. We didn't know what adequate uh, consultation uh, really was supposed to mean, but they told us. So, having been told, you know, the the government um, presumably ignored it. And, um, and that's, that's why they're in the pickle 
uh, they're in today. I mean, he'd like to blame it on a government, uh, you know, that was in power, um, you know, almost three years ago. But uh, frankly, I don't think anyone's going to going to buy that. All right. But, you know, uh, you just cited Northern Gateway. We've got Energy East, now Kinder Morgan. I mean, we can't seem to get pipelines built. And these projects are in the national interest and impact the national economy, do they not? I mean... uh, This is, yeah, precisely the issue. I mean, imagine we have 171 billion barrels of proven oil reserve, the third largest in the world, 10% of, of the total in, uh, on the face of the, of the earth. And it could, with, with, in, with technological improvements, go up to 300 billion. And yet, the only place we can export that oil is to the United States because we don't have the means to access uh, foreign markets. And we have to sell it to the United States at a significant discount to the international price, we're losing between 15 and $20 billion every single year because we're tied to one market. In the meantime, the Americans have become the largest producers of oil and gas in the entire world. They will need us less. So while we produce more, our only market is getting smaller. This is actually a crisis. Well, as an extraction economy, uh, if we drop the ball on this or miss the, miss the window of opportunity, uh, it's going to set us back or we're not going to realize our full potential. So you believe the Liberal government in this case has uh, let us down? Oh, they've let us down in a profound way because, you know, they turned down uh, the Northern Gateway. They created a regulatory impediment to, uh, to Energy East going ahead. And now they've put us in this pickle uh, with with a project that they just na- nationalized for a price of of four and a half billion, in addition to the cost of of construction, so we're sitting there and it can't even be built. Now I have to tell you, this may be a bit cynical, but um, <laughs> they may even be a little bit pleased, although they never admit it, because this delay may mean that the project. Uh, cannot uh, will not start construction before the next federal election, um, and uh, so they will not have to um, send in troops to confront civil disobedience at the construction site and remove Aboriginal elders and environmental protest protesters. Um, who knows what they're they're really thinking? But uh, that's not uh, that's not the central point. The central point is this is going to really harm uh, the the Canadian economy. And it's going to impact on individual Canadians because there'll be less money available um, for governments uh, to uh, to fund uh, critical social programs like healthcare. Yeah, and I wouldn't discount your cynicism on that other point, to be honest with you. So there may be uh, some of that chicanery taking place here. Joe, it's always nice to hear from you. Thanks so much for the insight. Thanks for having me. Joe Oliver, again, former federal minister of finance, and of natural resources, uh, and one-time overseer of this particular file, so uh, we thought we'd tap into his expertise.